Hello and welcome to Life Changes You. I'm Daniel and it's good to have you back and it's good to be back. Uh, Last week I spoke with Isaac Lee and we spoke about the effects of lockdown with COVID-19, working from home, anxiety, general anxiety, uh, homeschooling and it was a really great uh, conversation and I hope that you really enjoyed it. This week I've got Isaac Lee back because we're going to talk about re-entry syndrome and getting back out into the community after being in lockdown for such a long time. So I'm gonna let Isaac talk because he always talks really well and unless he asks me a question that I'm not ready for. So how are you, Isaac? How's your week been? I'm well, yeah, yeah. My week's been going pretty good. Uh, yeah, I've actually had a week off this week. Oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, uh, you know, sometimes as a psychologist, I uh, tell people to, to do things like engage in self-care. Uh, and then occasionally I follow my own advice and actually schedule some time off for myself in order to just kind of uh, re- recharge the batteries, reset things, uh, and also just play a bunch of computer games. And, uh, and look, I find myself that, um, you know, if I take a week off, I really need to take two weeks off because at the end of the first week, I'm actually starting to realise I don't need to take control of anything. I can just relax. Yep. But the second week is always my week where I go, ah, this is great. Yeah. First week is still, oh, what do I still need to do? Yeah. Have yeah. I got any bills to pay? Do I need to clean the house? You know? Yeah. And you realise you're on holidays and you can take a break. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So uh, you're uh, going to talk about re-entry syndrome. Off you go. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about anxiety last week and I want to talk today about re-entering society. So we're seeing now across the world some restrictions easing, uh, yep. particularly in Australia. Uh, but in other places as well. And there's there's a lot of people that are going to be struggling at re-entering society of, yeah. of uh, going back to the new normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to the new normal. Yeah. And the new normal, I mean, we've sort of gone back to the new normal over here and it's still quite difficult because there still is remembering. I mean, the hardest thing I find is where I have to wear a mask and where I don't. And I'll go into a cafe and then they go, oh, you don't need to wear a mask anymore. And I'm there, the only one standing there with a mask on. Yep. And you take the mask off and then you go in somewhere else and they go, oh, where's your mask? And you go, oh, God, I haven't got my mask on. So you run back to the car. Yep. Um, so there is still a bit of anxiety around where you need your mask. Yeah, so some anxiety about being asked where your mask is, yeah. some anxiety about getting a fine from the police for not wearing your mask. Yeah. Uh, th- there's some anxiety about, uh, you know, actually just contracting or, or spreading COVID-19 as well. So there's there's lots of different anxiety points in there. Uh, and honestly, like, the, it's going to take some time to adjust back. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, I find it really interesting when we look at re-entry syndrome and uh, where I first heard about it. Syndrome. What, what is its definition? Yeah, okay. So the first time I heard about it was with people that had gone to Antarctica, right? right. So they'd gone on a, a three-month uh, trip to Antarctica where was, uh, they were isolated and yep. they did a, a whole bunch of uh, psychological prep work beforehand, right? Because okay. they knew that they were going to be isolated, that there was not going to be much social contact, that life was going to be significantly different. And yep. so they put a bunch of effort into, you know, like preparing for that psychologically and they got through the, uh, they got through the three-month journey, you know, pretty well, right? Yep. Uh, what they didn't anticipate was coming back to society. Okay. And they actually had a lot of difficulty there. Right. Uh, 
Because they'd spent three months where they were out in the wilderness. There was no other people around. They weren't getting emails. Right? Uh, and then they're back in society, a whole bunch of people, a uh, whole bunch of noise, traffic, uh, interaction. Uh, and it's dialed up to the point where they actually became a little bit overwhelmed. And so this is where I first heard about the term reentry syndrome, whereas re-entering society and the difficulties that people face on a psychological level uh, once we've been isolated or in a different yeah. environment to a significant degree. I must admit that when we started reintegrating into society after lockdown, I found it really hard seeing the amount of traffic on the roads. And I yep. know it's also to do with people a bit hesitant to take public transport at the moment. Yep. Um, however, the, the traffic has either doubled, tripled, quadrupled. And some days you're driving to work and you just think, well, what's going on? Why is there so many people around? Is there something I haven't heard about? Yeah. You know, because we've had a pandemic now, you automatically think, well, God, is there a meteor coming towards the planet or something? I mean, everybody's, well, not that I actually think that, but, you know, we are thinking more catastrophically than we would have normally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, uh, and there's lots of different things like that. Uh, you know, like I was, I actually went out to a restaurant the, the other night, which uh, is something that I haven't done as much of, like, yeah. obviously, but uh, slowly re-entering back in there. But um, I noticed that there was somebody that must have, uh, I don't know, they Maybe they ate something wrong, but they just started coughing. And my anxiety level is like dramatically because I'm like, what are you doing here? Go home. Like, go home. You're coughing. Get out of here. Like, whereas, you know, before that would be something that was just. You wouldn't even care. I remember being in the supermarket when we were first locked down and I was walking around and I needed to cough and I had to put my basket down and run outside, <coughs> cough, and then go back in because I was so paranoid if I coughed, everyone was just going to run for miles because you're not allowed to cough because it's COVID. Yep. There is a lot of that going on where people, you know, like, and this is an aspect of anxiety, right, where you're worried about being judged by others. Yeah. Uh, you're worried about other people thinking that you have COVID and yeah. So your anxiety goes up and you're because worried about coughing. When you watch the news, it's not so much, um, oh, these people have caught COVID and you know, they're not very well. It's these people in this area have caught COVID and you need to be careful. And if you've been near them or in this place, you need to go and get tested because they could be a super spreader. And you know, your whole brain just goes, Oh my God, what's happening? Yep. Your, your brain goes into this mode of survival. Right, yeah. where it says this is a life or death situation and yeah. I need to react accordingly. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that I think uh, we need to be aware of, that our brain is actually acting normally with this anxiety response. It's doing what it's designed to do, uh, which is keep us alive. It's just uh, sometimes it's going to go a bit overdrive because, you know, when we talk about from an evolutionary perspective, the humans that were a little bit too worried about surviving were much better off than the people that were a little bit under-worried about surviving. Yeah, although I think in the in the early stages of COVID when people bought as much toilet paper as they could, <laughs> it was a bit over the top. And, like, you know, you'd walk in. I remember going into the supermarket just to grab some stuff for my mum and dad because they're in their 80s. And walking up and down the, the aisles, it was like a scene from something like, the walking dead, you know, yep. there was nothing on the shelves, everything had gone and you just felt like, my God, I am in an absolute terrible science fiction film, you know? Yep. It's, it's a bit alarming. 
But like, fortunately, we're not in that place in Australia anymore. No, we're talking now about re-entering. So we want to give a positive spin about how to re-enter. Yeah, which uh, I think is certainly like maybe it's probably good to to kind of start by saying we want to kind of ease into this. Yeah. Right now. I'm a psychologist. Uh, my job is to kind of be aware of these things and help people through these things. But I do also want to kind of mention that I struggle with these things too. Right? Okay, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of times I think people have the preconceived idea that because you're a psychologist, you know everything and you know how to deal with everything. So, you know, you haven't yep. got a worry in the world. Yeah, and uh, not the case. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I can have the knowledge and know exactly what to do and then, and then not do it because maybe my emotional side comes through or my anxiety comes through yeah, or yeah. something comes through and uh, I'm not utilising that logic, uh, yeah. to, you know, that my frontal lobe, the part of my brain that is able to think about the future and think logically. So that's the case with everybody. So yeah. you're not going to get these things right. Uh, um, but, like, if we can make conscious effort towards these things and uh, acknowledge that we're going to face some difficulties in regards to re-entering society. Yeah. The the very first week that we came out of lockdown after we'd been in lockdown for about three months, we weren't allowed to leave the house. I don't know what you did on the, what, I'll ask you, what did you do on the first weekend when you were out, out, out of lockdown? What, what did you do? Well, see, for me, it was slightly different because we were open. So, uh, I mean, my business, we were open during the day for people who had an intellectual disability and a mental health problem. So we were we were one of the only places that were allowed to stay open for intellectual disability, disabled people. Yep. Um, so I was still going to work and then I was dropping in and seeing my parents after work because they needed care. So I was helping there. Um, but when I could actually go out in the evening, the first night when the curfew had finished and there was no more curfew because I think it went from 8 to 9 p.m., yep. I actually I was laying on the couch watching telly and my housemate came in and said, hey, the curfew's over, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to bed. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> didn't really affect me, but I know other people who in their 20s couldn't wait till a pub or a nightclub opened, even if they had to sit outside and have a drink because they just needed that social Yep. It, you know, so being social with people, whereas for me, I'd been working right through. So, and I did make a faux pas because we went to a restaurant and the girl who was the waitress said, hi, how have you been? What's been happening? And I said, oh, my God, I need a holiday. I've been working so hard. And she said, oh, lucky you. I haven't worked for eight weeks. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think. Yep. And she went, no, 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 that's fine. She said, but, you know, there's either people who are working and or people that aren't. Yep. And, you know, so... Yeah, it was yeah. Just, I, I just didn't. didn't. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll happen. Yeah, look, the first, the first thing that I did the weekend that we're allowed to go out uh, for the entire weekend, I stayed in and ordered Uber Eats and didn't leave the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> so your life didn't change at all. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I've become so used to uh, isolation, and I think a lot of people are in this this boat. So there's. There's some people in you know different boats. Obviously, they you know can't wait to get out and have to get out there. And some people that are anxious about getting out. Some people that have gotten used to isolation and so re-entering back into society into some different things. Uh, yeah, like it's it's difficult. 
Going to big shopping centres, I didn't do that for probably about three or four weeks after lockdown finished because I wanted to hear on the news if there was any outbreaks. I didn't want to be around that many people because when you did see them on the news, they weren't social distancing. And I'm thinking, you're supposed to social distance. Don't go near each other. And I could see they weren't. So I had that little bit of anxiety that if I went in there, are you all going to be – and in the supermarkets, they were doing the same thing. Like it says before you go in, social distance. You get in there and people are just going in front of you, behind you, Mm -hmm. you know, and I found that really uncomfortable because I was used to having my own space around me where – we were in sort of little bubbles walking around. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is one of the benefits of anxiety, right? Because that anxiety meant that you were more likely to social distance. What that means is that you are less likely to contract COVID. Yeah. So that anxiety is protecting you. Yeah. You've been in that mental state for an extended period of time. Now we are starting to ease some of these restrictions and the risk of contracting COVID-19 is significantly reduced for us in, in, in Australia. Yeah. And so you're going to need to uh, readjust or reassess that threat level uh, in order to tone down that anxiety. Yeah. Because at the moment, yeah, your brain is going to be a little bit more in that, uh, that like, oh, life or death kind of situation. Yeah. And uh, somebody might go to shake your hand, for instance, uh, and your anxiety goes up. I don't know if that's the case for you, but it's certainly no, is for look, me. I have noticed that a couple of people have gone to shake my hand and I have just shaken their hand and then I've gone, oh, where's my uh, sanitizer? Yep, yep. Uh, Whereas before there. that, we wouldn't have even thought about sanitizing our hands or washing our hands after shaking someone's hand. But yeah. actually, that's probably a really good hygiene tip, isn't it? A hygiene yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's it's within reason is certainly the name of the game here right you know if you shake someone's hand and you get some hand sanitizer and use it that's great now if uh if you like need to apply hand sanitizer 78 times a day <laughs> otherwise your anxiety levels go too high if you haven't yeah. put hand sanitizer on within 20 minutes um, then it could be you know causing more detriment than positive yeah, and I think we're also finding as well is if you if you were to shake someone's hand and make that mistake, if you were to straight away take out hand sanitizer, are you actually offending that person or are you showing them that you've got good hygiene? Yeah, I guess it really depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, because uh, I can tell you that if uh, if you and I shook hands and then you pull out hand sanitizer, my immediate response would be, "Can I please have some?" Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get some people that might be offended by that, and you know, like. But then I might be offended by you asking for it, thinking that you think I've got something. <laughs> <laughs> so it becomes a loop in your head. Yeah. You get off. <laughs> uh, yeah, when it comes to that reentry, right, and when it comes to that anxiety and, and slowly, uh, you know, slowly, slowly reintegrating into society. Yeah. I think one thing that I've that I've seen come up time and time again recently, particularly when it comes to social engagement, is yeah. that we've had this isolation period. We're being told, do not contact anyone, do not hang out with anybody. And so we're not. But then what's happened is that, oh, that mate of mine that I used to hang out with, he hasn't called me in like five weeks, yeah. so I'm not going to give him a call. Yeah. And he's, oh, he's at home saying, ah, oh, Isaac yeah. hasn't called me in five weeks, yeah. so I'm not going to give him a call. No. Uh, and, you know, and so now you just don't catch up. Yeah. And this is when it comes to the number one tip with reentry syndrome is start slowly but start. 
Yeah, yeah, because otherwise you will just end up just sitting there thinking, well, nobody likes me because no one's called me, and yet they're thinking the same thing. Well, they yeah. haven't called me. Why should I call them? Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've had a lot of clients that we've talked about this uh, social engagement aspect, uh, and I've said, okay, so did, did that friend of yours message you and say that they don't like you? Is that what happened? And they say, no, 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 no. He just hasn't messaged me. Okay, so tell me about all these people that have actually messaged you and said that they don't like you. And they're, oh, no one's actually done that. <laughs> I, tell me about the times that you've messaged them and they haven't replied. Uh, oh, well, I haven't messaged them because they haven't messaged me. <laughs> but it's like our fallback, isn't it? I mean, if we don't hear from someone, I mean, look, I don't tend to feel like that. I'm actually quite happy to not hear from people most of the time because I, I like to just have my own company when I get home, do some work, reading, whatever, um, and I see enough people during the day. But I guess there are people out there who would start to think, well, why haven't they contacted me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just that we're all in the same boat. So we're, we're all in the same boat. Going, should I ring them or not? Yeah. And, and this is uh, less on the anxiety side, and it's actually more on the depression side. Yeah. So reduced motivation, yeah. uh, just reduced affect. So just feeling down. Uh, and that's, that's something I've also seen just come up across the board with uh, people in both, both professional and personal life. So. And how do you think people are going to manage with public transport with mm -hmm. re-entering? Because here in Australia, we found that people catching public transport, I think, is not even one-tenth of what it used to be because people are in fear of who they're going to meet on the train or what they're going to catch on the train or the buses or whatever. Um, how do we get people to go back out onto public transport? Yeah, so a lot of people would say that uh, oh, once we get the vaccine, then people will feel more comfortable. Oh, I see, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but here's the thing, right? We haven't had an active case of COVID in some number of weeks, right? Yeah. And we're still seeing people not catch public transport. And, I mean, even though we did have a few uh, back, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was only like between 10 and 20. It wasn't very high. Yep. And before that, we hadn't had a case since November. So from November to January, no one was getting back on public transport. Yep. So even, even once we have full vaccine rollout and things are going well, we haven't had an active case in a while, we're still going to see a significant reduction in public transport use. And this is this, is this re-entry syndrome. Right? This is this difficulty that people have, you know, start slowly but start uh, reintegrating into society and doing these things, you know, like when that's, you know, like maybe you're the one that organises for people to catch up. Maybe, you know, somebody else organises to catch up and you go, yes, I'll come along, you know, and you can bring your hand sanitizer with you if you want. Yeah, like I would encourage you to do so. Bring your mask with you. Uh, but go and, you know, shake that person's hand and then use the hand sanitizer. So um, do we need to look at starting a movement so that we show people that there's enough people getting on the trains and trams and buses again so that they feel comfortable when they see us all on the news or getting on the trains? <laughs> it's really difficult because we still do want to engage in social distancing, right? We still yeah. do want to make sure that we're doing these things, especially across the world. Uh, so it's about navigating through this time, right, where it's, uh, okay, Difficult to do these things. We want to make sure that we're social distancing. We want to be safe. We want to be secure. But we also still want to get out there. We still want to engage with yeah. people. We still want to start re-entering society. Uh, so where, do, where the hell do I start, Isaac? Right? Yeah. Uh, and that's why I say start somewhere, right? We, all, we want to acknowledge the dynamic of anxiety. It's all about keeping you alive. And that's been super helpful. Now, 
depending on your restriction level, uh, that's starting to ease. And so just going back into society and, and uh, you know, engaging again. I mean, look, I wasn't one to go and see a lot of bands or comedy and stuff like that on a regular basis. But when I thought about it, I'd probably go between five to eight times a year, I'd go to a concert or see a comedy show or a theatre show. And it's only been the last few weeks when I've started to see things advertised for November this year, and we're in, what, March, um, that I've thought, actually, I wouldn't mind going to see that. Yeah. Um, and that is something I've missed, especially here in Australia, and I guess they have them overseas too, but some of those big outdoor festivals where you might go and see electronic bands play or bands from the 80s or 70s, you know, it was a real good atmosphere where you could wander around, talk to lots of different people about the bands you were seeing. It was a real sort of community thing. And, I mean, we've really lost that, and, and it's really unfortunate for performers and Yep. singers, uh, comedians who have lost out on so much, and I just hope that as we re-enter, uh, they get the opportunities, even if it's like, uh, I guess, a quarter of the crowd. I mean, some of them are doing stuff on Zoom, um, mm-hmm. but we really need to get out and support those people to get them back into work and yep. so that that sort of stuff carries on because it's been too long. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm keen to uh to just have more movies come out at the cinemas because like they kind of dried up a little bit which makes sense right that like we're not having as many releases Uh, yeah but that's something that i've i've missed look i like um i I used to be someone who used to like just watching the movie on my tv because now we have all have big screens however there's certain films that come out or have come out in the last two years that were slated to come out and had to go to the small screen, and you watch it and you think, oh, God, this would be so much better on a big screen. Yeah. Because yeah. it's that type of movie. It's an epic film, you know, like a, 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 I don't know what the word is, but, you know, you can't watch it on a small screen. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, with the surround sound and the yeah, yeah the ambience. And the chop yeah. top and the popcorn. Yep. <laughs> popcorn and the Coke. And, yeah. and, and now, like, it's like it would be nice to be able to just dress up and go out somewhere, even if it's just to the cinema. Uh, yeah, honestly, even just that dressing up, right? Yeah, like, actually just... Putting on like yeah, the amount of times that I've done the washing and realised that it's all just like pajamas <laughs> like, and track pants, yeah, yeah, pajamas, track pants, uh, and then I still got like my, my you know like my my work clothes. But uh, last time I put on a jacket, for instance, to go out, it's the new normal, and getting used to that is hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, as we said in last week's one, there are a few benefits to what's happened. There are a lot of negatives, but. Uh, I think as people re-enter and we can, let's hope that it, it can be changed around completely and we can go back to what was the normal, maybe not working so many hours and having to please so many people and maybe we will learn a lesson from this that yep. we need to focus more on our own health and our own well-being and our families and our community generally around us yep. because that has been a nice thing about it, checking on your neighbours, checking on friends, parents if they can't mm-hmm. get there. And that's been really good to see that come back. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to talk about with re-entry? I, look, I think that uh, start slow but start and uh, acknowledge that there's going to be some awkwardness, some anxiety about that. Uh, we still want to take uh, appropriate precautions, but we also want to make sure that we're still getting out there and uh, not letting our anxiety and our fears uh navigate or be the ones in charge of our life instead using our our frontal lobe, our part of our brain that's able to use logic and think about the future 
Yeah, and I guess, look, if you are feeling like you're having mental health issues, depression, anxiety, maybe panic attack stuff that is a bit more full on, it's good to remember that you are definitely not the only one anymore. Don't worry about it because 90% of the population on the whole planet has some sort of anxiety, some sort of depression, some sort of scaredness about what's going on. So if you mm -hmm. talk to your neighbor, talk to your friend, talk to your mum and dad, anyone, they're going to say, I feel the same. How can we do, how can we get through this? Talk yep. to a psychologist, counselor, psychiatrist, whoever you need to talk to. There's plenty of people out there now who can help you and it is becoming the new norm. So okay. don't feel embarrassed about it. Um, on my, uh, on my Instagram, I've started doing a, an update twice a day, which is normalise, don't stigmatise mental health. Yeah. Because I think the more people that see it and get it in their head, they'll pass it on and it will become, is it the butterfly effect where everybody starts saying, no, it's normal, it's normal, yeah. don't worry about it. Yep. Normalisation, I think, is something that we all need to do. Yeah. Uh, and it's certainly something that I encourage um, everybody to do, including myself as a psychologist, to acknowledge that, uh, yeah, you know, even though... A lot of the time I have a bunch of the knowledge. That doesn't mean I can always utilise that knowledge. So we all have yeah. our good days and our bad days. Yeah. And we want to you know, ask for help, engage with people, and hopefully see some positive change. Yeah, and I think we will. I think we're all working together a bit more now to help people and assist everybody. Isaac, it's been brilliant again to do a second um, conversation with you. I love talking to you. You're a very inspiring man with a lot of knowledge, so it's really good to have a chat. And yeah, I think you've covered a lot of really good things over these last two weeks. So thank you so much for joining me again. As we start our new season of Life Changes You, I wasn't going to call it a season, but because I've been running repeats for probably the last two months, it is a new season. And I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have you on and some other people that are coming on. Lots of things are happening. So it's a really good time. You're most welcome. I very much enjoy coming on here. So uh, invite me on anytime you want. I will. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll, I'll have you probably in another couple of weeks. I'll have something I want to discuss with you. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Cheers, mate. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other, and thanks for listening. Thank you.